Ivan and Isabella Reese with Amazon Made Simple Podcast. And today I have an interesting guest because a lot of things are happening on Amazon, in Amazon community and in our space that sometimes you don't know who is behind these things. And I didn't know that today I'm going to interview the person who was the co-founder of Prosper Show that was acquired later. And this is something interesting. And today, this person is running another software that we're going to find out what it is about. He also can throw us a lot of different bombs about Amazon. And maybe he's going to tell us that Amazon is a BS and we don't have to do this business at all. So welcome, Chad Robin, uh, to my podcast. And I am very happy that you're here today. And we've been chatting a little bit like we said, I don't know, so on scale or prosper, <laughs> these events are very similar. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. So uh, as I usually, based on my tradition, we're starting with a little bit of your background. Who are you? Well, I'm a father and I'm a husband and a CEO and trying to make, trying to do it all at the same time. Uh, Specifically in my career, I've been in e-com now for 15 years, which makes me a dinosaur. More than 15 years, actually. I started my first e-commerce business in 2006. Uh, we manufacture home appliance parts, vacuum filters, coffee filters, and I actually am running that business today. I had to recently take it back over after many, many years. Uh, also uh, co-founded the Prosper Show with the person who happened to be my account manager for my Amazon business, James Thompson along with two other individuals, and uh, started Stubana, which also sold in April of 21. And now I'm on to my next venture, which is Prophecy. All of these businesses have been all focused on Amazon and e-commerce exclusively. So I assume you've been selling on Amazon a little bit later. You started probably been selling on Amazon later than 2006, or that 2006 just actually started selling on Amazon. So 2006 is like when I started reselling on Amazon, but like I officially incorporated my e-commerce business in 2009. Uh, we were one of the first or like maybe top 100 Amazon private label sellers back in the day. And uh, Amazon has definitely shifted since then and changed tremendously. What was uh, the definition of private label in 2009? I started selling in 2015. And even back to 2015, people have been mixing up the definition of private label and wholesaling and like mm -hmm. all this stuff. Honestly, when, when I started private labeling, private labeling wasn't even a term or a concept, right? There wasn't waves of Amazon sellers being trained to manufacture and sell identical items. When I started, it was like out of a need. I was competing for the buy box. I was reselling vacuum filters and I was like, it was a pissing contest. And I was like, how do I get out of this rat race? And the only way to do that is to have a brand and go to China. And I did that really early on uh, and I, it paid dividends. Okay, so how did it work? How did you find out about approach, how you actually supposed to sell? Like, yeah, you had these problems of reselling someone else's products and probably all these appeals and they've been trying to kick you out from the listing and yada, yada, yada. However, how the approach of private label structured in your head and how you've been able to implement it and how much time it took you to actually uh, launch the product correctly. And I assume this product was or products, line of the products has been very, very successful on Amazon. Yeah. So 
we were lucky because we had a lot of data, sell-through data from reselling. So we knew what sold and we were able to apply that selling velocity because like back in the day, we didn't have all these research tools. So you knew what sold and then you just start selling it yourself under your own brand, manufacturing it, right? Finding the suppliers, making sure the quality is right. So, I mean, we were launching like a new product a month. Okay. And I actually ended up, I also ended up with a lot of products. I've got 550 SKUs, all private label with a thousand listings. If you include all the kits and bundles, which I just posted a LinkedIn post talking about why pruning is so necessary. So why is so necessary? Because you essentially can double down on winners and you can cut losers. It's very similar to what Google does. Google has a elimination strategy of products and they're they're looking at their products on a quarterly basis to see what's not moving the needle. And it also reduces cognitive burden and load, like the weight of your team having to manage PPC for all these SKUs and manage and forecast demand. It's just a lot to manage, which is why you see that aggregators are really looking for simplistic businesses with a handful of hero SKUs that move the needle. So we recently simplified our business structure tremendously to sort of like open up opportunity for, for more opportunity, really. It's like subtraction instead of addition. Uh, that sounds amazing. You said bundles. So a lot of people are trying to sell bundles. I was talking to Antonio recently. You probably know him. He's the, I forgot, Antonio Bindi. Yeah, I'm forgetting his last name sometimes. So he's focused on um, selling bundles because you can put your bundles, of course, on the store. You cannot advertise your bundles, but because he's selling great uh, bundles opportunities, he's making the majority of the sales. So here's the question. Question number one, uh, what is the niche you're selling right now on Amazon? So we manufacture vacuum cleaner filters, coffee filters, so the same, filters. The same like back to same, same stuff. Like I went away from that business for many, many years and then recently took it back over because it needed a lot more direction and needed a lot more support, uh, like visionary and leadership support. And so I came back in and we, I've been working on turning the business around. It's been a pretty big challenge and undertaking. Okay, and here I want to jump on a couple of different topics. So let's jump uh, to the bundles first, mm -hmm. and then how you're using your prophecy for your personal business, uh, for your personal brand, and why you actually came up with an idea uh, to create this software, because I yeah. believe it's something super important. It was one of the pain points as a seller. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and then I'll ask you something else. So about the bundles, when you're creating them, how many these coffee filters and vacuum filters you actually have and how you're bundling them? And when you're bundling them, how you're pushing them on the market, given that you cannot advertise them with a PPC? Well, okay. So a couple of things. Um, I define a bundle and a, a a bundle and a kit very differently. Okay, so a kit okay. is a if I'm selling a vacuum filter, it's a one pack, a two pack, a four pack, an eight pack. Okay, that's a bundle. Sorry, that's a bundle. A kit is two di two different items, right? So a vacuum filter and a vacuum roller. Okay. Okay. I would bundling two dissimilar products together. So that's the definition. Um, the reason why I started to do this was it 
took up a lot of real estate space on Amazon, right? So I can have many different kit sizes and pack sizes and different variations of bundles and kits to maximize my footprint on Amazon. When I took over the business, and maybe that was good back in the day, when I took over the business, I realized that actually there's a different approach to doing it, which I'm going to share with the audience now and you, which is merging all the ASINs together. So we started merging all the ASINs. So the one pack, the two pack, the four pack, the eight packs, uh, the kits were separate and couldn't be bundled by, or couldn't be merged together, but essentially all the reviews consolidated into one listing which is super helpful, right? Because like then people see the listings, the quality of the listings and can choose between the one pack, the two pack. And you can essentially increase your basket size uh, because you can sell a one pack for $8.99, but maybe you sell the two pack for $15.99, right? So you like tear up into a higher AOV, which gives you a high gross, higher gross margin because the pick and pack fees from Amazon and the FBA fees remain just, you know, go up ever so slightly. Right. So I assume you're not doing virtual bundles. You're doing actual bundles and actual sets. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. Because I was thinking about virtual bundles. This is people usually do because it's like super convenient. That's why they're uh, got it. So yeah, you can advertise those. Uh, that sounds great. So now about prophecy. So what was the pain in your business that yeah. you ended up with the software? Ooh, uh, a lot, a lot of pain. And I, a lot, like when I took over my e-commerce business, like stuff was off and that's really what led me to prophecy. So my top line, for example, was de decreasing. Meanwhile, my ad spend was like remaining the same and I'm like cutting expenses. I'm trimming all the fat. My operating margins are still shrinking and I'm here. I'm, I'm like struggling to convert listings profitably. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, inflation across the board, right? Sourcing, fulfillment, PPC, advertising, everything just got like way too expensive. So I'm staring at a tree after I sold Stubana, a palm tree, and you know how that, what that's like in Orlando. I'm staring at, a, staring at a palm tree and I'm like, wait, why does it have to be this way? Like, why is everybody optimizing their spend and they're not optimizing price? Especially if price is like the biggest needle mover to making more profit dollars on the bottom line. So I started working on pricing and thinking about price much more strategically and doing it manually. And I'm happy to go into details around that. And then we started building a true AI model, not like some BS model where people say it's AI, but it's really just if then logic that's masquerading as AI, true AI models to automatically determine the optimal, the perfect price at the perfect time for the perfect customer on Amazon. How are you finding out the, per the perfect customer? I understand that there is some math like might be created for yeah. the previous two bullets, but what about- uh, what, what, I meant, what, what I meant was like, the, what I meant was the perfect moment, excuse me. So okay. it's the perfect price at the, at, for every product at the perfect moment to capture their, their, their wallet share. So when we're talking about this perfect moment, I assume you're scraping the data from somewhere to find out like, what is this moment? If it's like Q4 we are at, or like 
mm-hmm. Mother's Father's Day or yeah. summer, winter, whatever. So how it is happening on the backside sure. of your algorithms? So, so if remember, it's not hey, a big secret because I'm asking. No, it's not for- a secret. No, we're we're sort of like there's like black box algorithms, and we're I would say we're gray gray box where we 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 have built proprietary models, but also are willing to share with you how we built them. So, firstly, on Amazon, let's get this straight. You have the Seller Central API, and you have the uh, Ads API. So you've got the SP API, and you have the Ads API, where you can get so much data, like a treasure trove of data. On top of that, you can go back in time, right? So you can get seasonality, you can get holidays, temporal elements like that, uh, economic fluctuations, right? Inflation, interest rates. Then you can reverse ASIN look up your SKUs, and you can find your competitors. So for your own listing, you have your reviews, your quality of reviews, your recency reviews, you have your price, you have your inventory. Uh, For your competitors, you have their BSR, their price, their inventory. So we pull this all into a model. And essentially we program the model mathematically to come up with what is the most optimal decision for you. And that's really what we're trying to do at Prophecy is the word prophecy is predicting uh, with some level of certainty, something's going to happen in the future. And on a secondary measure, the way we spelt it is profit you could see, right? Prophecy. Oh, and you can see I spent a lot of time sense. a lot of time thinking about it. Um, and so where was I? Okay, so uh, so yeah, so essentially the way that we're we are out to like make you maximize profit by driving price dynamically without sacrificing your ranking on Amazon, your BSR. Okay, that makes sense. So given all this amount of factors, when we're changing the price, at some point it might affect our future buy box. Mm-hmm. How, so I first, I have two questions right now. So is, uh, does the prophecy recommending you to change the price or is changing the price for you? And the second question if when what not if when you are changing the price how it's affecting your personal buy box in the future when you already like for example you lowered the price or opposite you made the price higher and then amazon is saying you know it's now it's a price manipulation and your listing is suspended okay awesome questions so the first one is that we've i'm going to start from the last question and then work my way back so we built uh, suppression monitoring technology into the platform. So if there's anything funky that happens with price, we automatically reset back to the original price, but we're monitoring it, number one. The second is our AI, and we are using true AI, and there's very few Amazon companies that can make that claim, Amazon software companies. Uh, Our AI is self-learning and improves over time. So it compounds, it becomes like a competitive advantage. And one of the ways that we understand how you do as a, as a brand on Amazon when we change pricing is we have something called the hyper-learning phase. This hyper-learning phase makes small changes to your price to see how Amazon reacts and how your competitors react. And that's the, that's the most beautiful thing about algorithms, right? They are faster than us, they're cheaper than us, and they observe, they experiment, and they learn much faster than we do, independent of me as the creator of the software. And so when you mix that together, 
and you put that on Amazon, it is really, really powerful because there's so many data points out there and there's so much over analysis paralysis when you see these data points that the algorithm can take the data points, find the signal and the truth in it. And then we dynamically push the proper price to the channel automatically. That's so amazing. Yeah, I'm hoping I so, answered all your questions all in one. Yeah, yeah, paragraph. that's, yeah, you, you answered them uh, very well. So another question to make sure, for example, I'm signing up for Prophecy and I'm trusting you guys that now you will recommend me what to do with my products and I don't have any headaches about it anymore. For example, like Q4 ended and now something that you've been selling for $39.99 is not working anymore and you have to lower the price to $12.99. And even then the product, the sales are not that good because you have to wait for like, I don't know, March. Uh, for how long your machine was, uh, your AI been learning, uh, how to recommend the price to make sure after I trust the prophecy and like, I have to make sure like, okay, the machine is not wrong because as you said, they're smarter than us, they're faster than us, but at the same time, it's a machine and machine sometimes is not doing the right thing and they can yeah, do Yeah, no, you're yes. asking the best questions. I love it. <laughs> you're welcome. So the one of the learnings that we've had, right, as humans, building prophecy is that AI isn't absolute and isn't always correct, right? And so AI is an amazing co-pilot. And so what we've built at Prophecy is actually about 85% of everything is driven by the AI, but we have a data science team that's supervising the AI. So we are observing what's happening and looking at profit levels on behalf of sellers every day. We have dashboards that we built internally where we're looking at the dashboard and seeing if there's anything that's off. So there's they're, they're spotting soft spots, so to speak, to make change and make those changes quickly if, if it's off. Okay. And uh, the last question about, I am, I'm asking because I'm really curious, not just about the podcast, because I love all these softwares and I'm nerd uh, when it's like about keywords or something like that. So I can dig very deep into this stuff so how many people have been working on uh, creating this ai and how many people have been testing and like how exhausted it was for you guys or you've been more passionate than exhausted uh during this building process yeah so right now we have 10 people at the company we've been building for a year we've raised 2.3 million and everything has been built out of just wanting to build an AI model that works, right? Everything was AI first before building any other software tools. So we are truly like a, I really believe in the algorithmic takeover, right? Where I believe that the future state of even selling Amazon is gonna be primarily driven based on algorithms, whether it's forecasting demand planning, whether it's keyword research tools, whether it's pricing and PPC, all of that will be AI driven. I bet, especially like, you know, I think every other post I see right now on um, social media is like about ChatGPT, ChatGPT, ChatGPT. I think like, okay, I'm not going to create any videos about ChatGPT in the near future because everybody does it. So everyone is doing it. I, uh, it, it It's like really a lot uh, mm -hmm. with all this AI going on. Um, 
who is the best user of the software for you? Like, is it like yeah. someone who is only big seller or it's a new seller? Like, who are those people who are supposed to? Yeah, use? I mean, right now we're still a very early stage, right? So we've been doing this for a year. I'm typically talking to merchants and brands that are doing anywhere from 2 million to 5 million. But, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't over that all the time. And we don't under that. And as we add more functions and features, it'll be more. But two to five is a great start where we're at right now. In fact, we had built this initially with like aggregators in mind, but they've been like very slow and very uh, focused on many other things because they have a lot of other burning things right now to focus on. Yeah, especially given the uh, that was very interesting. Uh situation after i think it was yeah it was prosper trash they changed the branding they rebranded themselves and then i think a week or two weeks later it's like laid off something is going on and like all aggregators being on pause and like so pure cautious and people started like panicking a little bit but anyway yeah i understand what it's uh, going on as well mm -hmm. so let's talk about uh prosper how you first of all i didn't know that you've been a co-founder i had no idea uh right now prosper is like the emblem of amazon sellers if you're amazon seller you're not going to prosper something's wrong with you it's like why you're not going to prosper like what like what what's wrong with your company um so how did you come up with this idea how you made this show to the point that right now it's like it's a huge recognition uh it's a it's a big thing it's a big deal yeah so i mean how it all came about was my account manager at amazon i had called him to invest in stubana i was like hey you'd be you'd be great to have on board you're smart you get this and then so he invested in stubana and then he he started he was like hey we're missing community in the amazon world there, at the time, by the way, there was no all these like now there's a lot of communities. There's a lot of like split splintering of community. And so he was just looking for a meaningful way to bring conversation into the Amazon community. And so he was like, hey, you want to be a part of it? I'm like, heck yes. You know, invested some money and we started building it together. So I think we just got lucky. We identified a opportunity in the market that was untapped. Nobody was doing it. And it became much bigger than ourselves, which has been beautiful. When was the first Prosper? First Prosper, I think it was 2016. So what, just a year after you started your own business, I believe 2016 was the first. Okay. And we did it in okay. Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, really? That's nice. I was, my first Prosper was, I think 2019. That was my first one. Wow. Yeah, so I didn't go till then, and like I was, me personally, I was on the shores a little bit because I came to US, I had to figure it out, and uh, I was like kind of inside of my Russian-speaking community doing Amazon and a lot of other things. Um, so why you decided to sell uh, Prosper? Why not to keep it? Because right now, like having this amazing tool that you guys created, software the community would be super helpful like why 
Well, sometimes you create something that's so valuable that help other people flourish and people want to buy it. And uh, some, and you get a deal or an offer that's sort of, you can't walk away from it. And- so, uh, Kill an I, offer. What was that? Kill an offer, my fair offer. Yes, a, a great offer. And yeah, so that happened, Prosper, that happened with Stubana as well. Uh, just shower with blessings from a life-changing outcome. How do you feel, uh, like how you're, you're, you feel, not like an entrepreneur, just like a person, uh, when you're creating stuff that people love so much that they're just making offers and throwing it at you? I mean, look, it feels amazing. And then the deal happens. And then you're sort of like, wow, okay. I have more money in my bank account. And for example, I can speak on me, you know, speak what happened at Stubana. Like when we got bought in April of 21, I had been working with these people for years. Some of them have been there from day zero. And they suddenly were reporting to a new boss. And it's it's a really, really strange feeling because like your job isn't just showing up to work every day, but surrounding yourself with the same with the people that you want to be around. And so it was, I went through a, a bit of a dip in that period, uh, which a lot, which like kind of put me on this whole like self exploration path to just improve myself and just like heal. And also just like, I'm constantly, I was constantly like giving to other people. And so this was my time to harvest and to bring it in. So. Do you feel proud of yourself? Yeah, I'm, heck, heck yeah, I'm proud of myself. I think it's super cool. It's super hard to like build something from nothing, run it, keep running it for a long time uh, profitably and sell it and create something valuable enough for someone to buy. I think that that is, I'm so, I'm so proud of that. And like even Prosper today, watching it independent of the creators is even cooler, right? Because we were part of the early genesis of that whole concept, that whole idea. It's pretty cool. You said your husband and father. Your father of how many kids? Right now, uh, one three and a half year old. Okay. One. Okay. So the, yeah, that we cannot uh, we can't ask them if they are proud of their father yet. <laughs> uh. Well, I mean, my husband, my 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 uh, my son, I, I instill in him specific values. So maybe that's an interesting value to instill. But essentially, some of my our values internally as a family are, I'm very close with him, by the way. I spend a lot of time. I invest a lot of my time into working on help, helping raise him. I just solo parented for the last five days. So, wow. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I instill, like, I think I instill positive values in him. Like one is Ruben's do hard things. So I'm constantly showing him, hey, we're doing hard things and we're challenging ourselves. So that's one of our values. Another one would be something like when you start something, you finish it. So yeah. he he can recite these things. He's 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 good. So how are you managing this like huge workload and your family? It's very hard. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Uh prioritization. Like the things that are burning the most bubble up to the top. I wake up super early. 
I have like two wrist watches that I wear that vibrate to get me out of bed. Yeah, I mean, I think those are those are some like secrets that I'm leveraging today to like get more time. But I think it's mostly uh, knowing what to what to work on next, right? What to prioritize, and then I actually hard stop. So typically at four o'clock, I hard stop and I spend time with my son. Wonderful. I was actually going to ask you what are the top five priorities in your life, and what are the top three challenges that you're facing on a daily basis and that you're trying to work on? So the top five priorities, like in terms of like work priorities or? Just your personal, it might yeah. be work related, your personality related. Yeah. So, so um, it's like self, self-care, which is different from self-love, but self-care, self-love, my wife, my son, and my career. Those are the five things. Um, Wonderful. So yourself, family, career. Um, yeah, but I was just saying self-care, which is self-care, like, yeah. which is like working out. I don't love yeah. working out, but I do it. So I have boxing, I've got CrossFit. Uh, I push myself very hard during those times. And there's like self-love, which is pouring into myself, whether it's podcasts like yours or reading a book or going to a deprivation tank, uh, doing at least one self-love activity on an annual, on, on, a, on a weekly basis, annual basis. Yeah, I would go, I would go crazy if that was the case. Um, and then my wife, my son, and then working on building prophecy and making a success. So I assume prophecy is the number one out of all your businesses that you are working at working right now. Yeah, I mean it's a startup. It's taking a lot of love, but also I've taken over Crucial, which also, which is my e-commerce business, which is also re- requiring a lot of me lately. So I'm I'm managing both of those, and getting much better at delegating, too. Yeah, delegating is everything. I love delegating. I think I'm coming up with an idea to hire someone else every single day. Um, and top three challenges in your life. Top three challenges. Uh, hmm. If you have those, maybe you're you good. Yeah. No, I've got, there's no shortage of challenges. Anyone who tells you they don't have challenges is, is lying to you. Um, I would say, let's see. The first one is like, we're still early stage of prophecy and we have a lot more model to create. So managing runway and expanding our feature set and the AI intelligence that we're building is always a interesting thing to, to work on, right? And also managing those employees that are part of the company. Uh, and we're moving into our next capital raise as well. So that's a whole interesting challenge. Um, on the business side, and I'll give you one personal too, uh, but the, the e-commerce business, right? Like we have our first profitable month in a very long time. And uh, we just had it in December. I took over the business in October. So it took me three months, like really turn things around and I'm just awaiting on the next data point to see if it becomes a pattern. And then three, I would say is um, I grew up obese. And so I'm always super conscious of like what I'm eating, 
how what I looked like, right? Because I, I grew up very fat. And so I'm always having this complexion of like, oh wait, I don't like the way I look like in the mirror. I need to do more. I need to eat better. And if I don't eat well, then I'm sort of down on myself about it. So that's something that's a constant issue. Now um, self-care and self-love is more understandable. Uh, and I feel you there a lot. Uh, when I was a teenager, I was pretty chubby and I would have this like insecurities. And this is hitting me hard till now when I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, okay, extra pound. <laughs> we have to do something about it. I understand you. And you know, a lot of people who've been challenging themselves to lose weight, they are much more successful in life than people who are like settling and trying to just not do anything about it because like I love myself who I am and everybody's supposed to do the same because it's actually not the self-love, it's self-hate already. I love all this. And um, uh, the last question for today, how do you want or how you can or how would you like to help the community uh, to the list of listeners that are watching or listening this podcast? Well, I hopefully some of the stuff I shared today is helpful to those that are listening. Hopefully it inspires people to take action. Uh, and I guess I, I want to make myself available to those that want to reach out if they need support as they're building something from scratch or they're taking something from one to 10 instead of from zero to one. I'm happy to share my email address, which is chat at prophecy.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, I want to be here as a uh, uh, supporting those in the community for sure. Yeah, you have a pretty big follow. I saw, I think, like 27,000 people are following you. Uh, something around there, but who's counting, yeah. right? It's all about yeah, but <laughs> the moment you're a star, you're a star. It really doesn't matter. 20,000 or 200,000. The most important thing is to challenge, right? To challenge the status quo and ask yourself, like, why? Like, why do things have to be this way? And I think that a lot comes from being bullied and being shamed as a child, right? Where I see the world in a very different way than others. And I think that's actually been, well, it's been a challenge. It's also been an opportunity to grow from. I completely agree. I love how humble you are. I love the things you achieved and uh, how it's easy to talk to you and asking questions. And I'm very grateful that you've been able to answer all the questions without hiding anything and everything so open and great thank you so much yeah thanks for having me yeah guys if you want to follow chad he's first of all he's amazing uh i loved our conversation today under this uh, video or the voice recorder depends on what are you listening right now you'll be able to find all the links how to follow where to ask the questions and of course, if you want to manage uh, your pricing without any headaches, you know what to do. Thank you and see you in the next podcast.